if you have a story you would like to hear featured on this podcast, please go to AsTheRavenDreams.com and click the button to submit your story. Also, if the platform you're listening on has the option to rate this podcast, please consider doing so. And thank you. So, gosh, where to start? Well, I can pinpoint the moment that this happened. I was driving to my girlfriend's house. There's one part of the road where it's a dual carriageway, except this one is odd. In the UK, we drive on the left, but the turn I have to take has a slip road on the right, which takes you to a junction where you wait for a break in the traffic, and then drive across the other carriageway. So, I'm at the front of the queue waiting for the gap. It's rush hour, so there is a long line behind me. Although I am an experienced driver, I'm keenly aware that people behind want to get home, so I'm ready to go. Seeing a gap that I think I can fit through, I gun it. Time seems to slow down. I think I hear a horn and bang and clearly smell hot antifreeze. Everything goes black for, like, maybe a second or two. I shiver as I open my eyes, exactly like the feeling you get when someone walks on your grave, only to find myself on just the other side of the junction, driving on the road that I should be on, as if nothing has happened. I pull over and check that everything is in one piece, and it is. I take a minute or two to just calm down. I jump back in the car and then continue on my way. As I approach the garage where I normally would fill up with petrol, I look down to check my fuel. I drive a Fiat 500 and as long as I have owned it, five years at this point, at least in my universe, the fuel gauge is next to the tachometer on the left. It's the TFT version. I should explain that the fuel gauge and temperature gauge are displayed on the panel on either side of the digital speedometer. Fuel on the left, temp on the right. But essentially, they look the same. In this universe, they're swapped over. Fuel on the right and temp on the left. Anyway, I've checked this since, as initially I thought it might have been a software update or something, but all the pics that I can find of it online are the way that it currently is. Fuel right, temp left. It's not important, just the first change that I noticed. I get to my girlfriend's house, and my tattoo-hating girlfriend, like, when we got together, the first thing she told me was that if I was to get a tattoo, she would leave me. This version of her has a tattoo on her wrist. It's a small dog, in honor of our dog that we lost. Other things have changed, too. Her demeanor is different. Ironically, I prefer this version. She's much more easygoing and approachable. And she also dresses differently. Only little things, but it's different. The sort of thing that only a boyfriend would notice. For example, my version loved mid and long skirts. This version won't wear a skirt that comes below her knees. It's not like I don't know her. We've now been together 16 years, and at this point we had been together about 14 years. 
there are a bunch of other changes too. Stupid things that are no longer where they have always been kept. She always had a house phone in the hallway. It's now in the living room. I could not find a watch and some cufflinks that I knew that I had. She even helped me look for them and had me describe them. So I told her it's the set that we bought together in Jewelers three years ago. I even named the specific Jeweler, only to be told that I was silly because we decided not to buy them. Anyway, now is the real kicker. After whatever happened to me, and I still don't fully understand it, happened about two years ago. Now when I think back, I can remember both buying and not buying the cufflinks. It's like I remember both versions. I can also remember taking my girlfriend to the tattooist to get the tattoo. I have a clear memory of it. But then I have memories after that where the tattoo is missing from her wrist. And believe me, I would remember. It's all just a bit muddled. My biggest concern now is going back. I am so much happier in this version of seemingly improved reality. So, this happened when I was 16. I'm 18 now. I was on a hiking trip with my dad in mid-April. Skipping the fine details about the hike, we had planned on Marcy but opted for Wright Peak due to unanticipated snow. We stayed at the Adirondack Loy, that's L-O-J, 1002 Adirondack Loy Road, Lake Placid, New York, 12946. Occasionally driving up to the town on Lake Placid for food and some gear that we needed. After the pretty grueling but incredible nine-hour hike and a good little rest, we decided that we had earned a steak dinner and went to Upstairs Grill. That's 2490 Main Street, Lake Placid, New York, 12946. An okay spot, but we were so starving that we'd eat each other if we weren't careful. For some environmental context, it is cold as hell. 10 to 20 degrees cold. 10 to 11 p.m. There were impenetrable clouds blocking 100% of the natural light. A good foot of snow on the ground, and a few inches caking the thick pine trees surrounding us from all sides, pretty much everywhere. These factors combined with the utter lack of a critical light made for a complete blackout. I mean that it was uncanny. I've never seen darkness so unimaginably, incomprehensibly dark. We did this thing a few times where we would shut off the truck's engine, windows up, and then turn off our headlights. The second you did, you would get an almost overwhelming, vulnerable fight-or-flight response. The same response you'd get when you hear something loud in your empty house, plus the feeling of falling back in your chair. The only word for it was dread. Note, I'm not afraid of the dark, and my dad's a former Marine and active city cop. Half of his job is scrapping limbs off the ground from car crashes, and here he was, afraid of the dark. We'd, for a few seconds, 
just look in awe at the sheer void outside of the windows slash windshield before switching the headlights back on, out of panic, disguised as nervous giggles. Note that I'm not claiming this and what happened later was the work of some supernatural dark force or anything, just another eerie, unrelated thing that happened. As you can imagine, between the icy and snowy roads, the winding forest roads, and the way that you couldn't see 30 feet ahead with LED high beams, we were driving very slow. After the well-deserved dinner, we drove back to the lodge. We didn't use a GPS since it's literally like three turns, and we'd been back and forth five times. We were driving a little while, no more than ten minutes. Note, while we were driving hella slow on the mountain roads, the town was well lit and the streets were well maintained. So, we were out of there in no time, before I stopped the conversation. Yo, did we miss our turn? I think we should have gotten there by now. I don't think so. He pulled over so I could check my phone where we were. We were ten miles from where we were supposed to turn. A half-hour car ride at the crawl that we were doing. We made it all the way up to Keene before realizing it. He checked his GPS and it was correct. Granted, we were in pretty deep conversation. Missing the turn by a few minutes made sense. But, again... We were over 30 minutes from the turn. This just didn't make sense for the both of us. He was exhausted and had a few beers, but I was 100% lucid and alert. We just couldn't make sense of it or stop talking about it. How are we here? We should not be here. We can't be here. As you can imagine, the ride back was way longer. Ten times that of the way there. Obviously, we were more attentive about our surroundings. We passed buildings, bridges, and landmarks that we both had zero recollection of. Over and over, we were turning it in our minds. Nothing odd ever happened since, and we went home the next day as planned. Well, except for this dear cryptid thing we both briefly saw way after in a different state. But wrong sub for that. You could say the combination between being spent in conversation, the darkness, and everything looking the same made us zone out or something, but I don't think so. The sheer difference in time that we both felt was simply too great to chalk it up to that. I know that it's not as bonkers as I fondled my time-traveling doppelganger in a Red Lobster parking lot during Lobster Fest, but this is the only place that I could share. P.S. Our clocks seemed accurate to everything else, and that time, according to our tech, had passed. This happened about ten years ago, when I was seventeen. I was in Tampa visiting my aunt and grandma. They lived two turns off of a very long, fairly main road, and I always remembered this weird-looking building about halfway down the road on the left. The architecture was super specific, and it was the only building for quite a ways on either side, about three-quarters of a mile from the first turn to get to their house. 
It always stuck out to me as a kid as my marker that we were just around the corner. One night, I went to a concert about one and a half to two hours away. My aunt let me borrow her car, and I had to pick up another girl along the way. She lived about 20 minutes from my aunt's, and I had to get on the freeway to get to her house. I picked her up, we went to the concert, and then I drove her home. I can't remember the exact time of night, but it was late enough that there were very few cars left on the roads. I believe sometime between 12 or 2 a.m. This girl lived what I would describe as the swampy suburbs. There were lots of family homes, but the roads weren't paved super well. There were no street lamps, no sidewalks, and it was windy and confusing. It was not a clearly laid out grid, and I absolutely needed my GPS to guide me in and out. A couple of minutes after I dropped her off and started my 20 minute journey back to my family's house, I noticed my phone only had 2% left. I immediately started speeding to get out of the confusing windy roads of this neighborhood before I lost my GPS. My aunt called me to ask where I was, and as I said, I can't talk, I only have 2%, my phone died. I was in a practically pitch black neighborhood with no sign of any main roads or any clear direction of how to get out. It felt like I was in a never ending maze. I went down road after road, flipping U-turns in random dark driveways, hitting dead ends every other turn. I was screaming and panicking, hitting the steering wheel with my hands. I was so, so scared. But after five to ten minutes of this, I had an insane sense of calm wash over me. In an instant, I knew it was all going to be okay, and that God... I was Christian at the time, no longer, would guide me home. I knew that there was no way that something bad was going to happen to me, and that felt like a fact. It was bizarre, like my body knew something that I didn't. The next turn that I took spit me out onto a new road. I turned right and immediately noticed the weird building by my aunt's house, literally on the corner. I turned around in the parking lot, went back down the road to their house, putting the building back on my left. I was home less than 10 minutes after I had dropped the girl off, and got back through the suburbs. When earlier that night, it took me about 20 minutes on the freeway. But here's the kicker. The next day I wanted to see what street I had come out of the night before, and I kid you not, there was no street there. Not even close. The next street that I would have been able to turn from would have been the first to get to my family's, about three quarters of a mile down. But when I turned onto the main drag the night before, the weird building was immediately on my right. This has always been such an insane memory of mine, and I know whoever I tell it to thinks that I must have just missed the streets somehow. But I went through every possibility and it just was not there. That, on top of it taking me significantly shorter amount of time to get home from that girl's house, especially after panicking and going down random dead ends 
adding five to ten minutes, plus getting home in the amount of time through a neighborhood when before I had to take the freeway to get to her house, and the inexplicable knowing that I was going to be alright, and that the literal next turn put me on the literal only landmark that I know in that area. I'm so glad that I found this sub, because this feels like the only place that would get this. I literally feel like I was transported. Two buddies and I went up to Renton, Washington, to pick up a mini-truck that needed brakes, which we planned on fixing in an auto parts parking lot, and driving it back down to Oregon the next day. The lanes in this town all seemed just too narrow, with nobody knowing when to stop or use blinkers. I'm talking people full-on slamming their brakes as they pull up to red lights. Kind of odd, but it got weirder once we started working on the truck. The auto zone that we stopped at didn't have the brake pads that we needed, so we called up an O'Reilly's, who said that they had them there. On the way, I saw a child stop at a crosswalk, look down the road which had no cars, wave at an imaginary vehicle, and start walking. Minutes after this, I noticed someone riding a bicycle. I glance away for a split second and turn back to see the same person now walking, with a headlamp on and no bicycle in sight. Once we pull up to the O'Reilly's, there's a sign on the door saying, Family Emergency Closed Early. It had been no less than five minutes since we called them. Weird, but okay. We call up another O'Reilly's a few minutes away, and they say they have the pads in stock as well. We pull into the parking lot to see another handwritten note on the door that says, Personal Emergency, Closed Early. At this point, the three of us find it pretty weird, but we just have to find some brake pads. Luckily, the next shop that we call has them, and they're still open when we get there. We get back to the trucks and slap the brakes on, only to notice the taillight is out. I stay with the truck because all of the tools are out while my two buddies go to a Walmart to find the bulb that we need. As I'm standing there, waiting, I watch a car pull into the large parking lot, circle several times over, and then leave. As the car pulls out, another pulls in and circles several times without stopping and leaves. This trend repeats itself about five more times until my buddies come back. Now, on to what happens to them on the Walmart trip. The GPS took them on a route that made them drive down a sidewalk through a Nissan dealership to get to the Walmart. When they walked in the Walmart, it looked as though it was still under construction. Bare walls everywhere, most of the product was on wrapped pallets, with employees just walking around aimlessly. Upon asking people for a key to get into the light bulbs, they found that only one person in the entire store had the keys, but not to the bulbs, to everything. The next day, we snap an axle on the way home a few miles outside of Seattle, about 10 miles from where we picked up the truck initially. 
While working on the car, a lady walks up, nice as can be, and asks what happened. We explain the situation and bring up our experience in Renton. She tells us that she's from there, and says she has no clue what we are talking about, and reassures us that we must have been in a neighboring town, because Renton is a quiet, lovely little place. We all felt that it just made it even more weird that before we could leave the area, someone came by, started a conversation, and basically told us that we did not experience what we had. Hi, Raven. I just want to start by saying that I'm a huge fan of yours, and that I love listening to your stories. I've been listening for about a year now, and besides the usual sounds and bumps in the night, I just can't explain what happened a few years back. My fiancé and I have been noticing weird things happening that we just can't explain. The story being the weirdest. My fiancé has her own t-shirt business on the side of her regular 9-to-5 job, so she's usually quite busy. A few weeks ago, her grandmother requested a long-sleeve navy blue shirt that she wanted customized. My fiancé could not find the shirt in her grandma's size at the usual craft stores that she purchases from, so she had to search elsewhere, specifically a popular arts and crafts store here called Michael's. She ordered the shirt for pickup because there were only two left in store. Here's where things get weird. The day that this happened, we were at home laying on separate couches, and my fiancé had just sent me a glitch in the Matrix video. I watched it, and proceeded to get up and lay on the same couch as her. All of a sudden, she gets a text message from Michael saying, Your order was picked up. Thank you for shopping with us. She shows me and goes, What the hell? She immediately calls them, and the lady on the phone tells her that it was picked up, and that she is the one that did the transaction. My fiancé and I are very confused at this point. She told us that the lady who picked it up had the confirmation email and the barcode that had to be scanned, all on her phone. Once again, we sit there in confusion. I was the only other person besides my fiancé that even knew about the order. My fiancé asked to speak to the manager, and he says that someone indeed just picked it up and stated that they were my fiancé, and had all the information in their email to prove it as well. He said he would still give us the last shirt and check the cameras, but that the employee was not lying. We left immediately, and headed there to get the shirt and to face whatever or whoever it was on the camera. The entire time, my fiancé just keeps saying that it's impossible, and that nobody could have had that information, and how did they get it? She said that even if someone hacked my email, what are the possibilities that it's someone in the same state? We are a black lesbian couple, and my fiancé is more on the masculine side with short hair. We arrive and head to the counter where the lady we spoke with on the phone greeted us. My fiancé stated who she was, and the lady immediately said yes, and looked a little confused and said that the lady that picked up the shirt was black, 
about the same height and build, but that she didn't remember her facial details too much. She handed us the last shirt, and told us to check out some of the really good deals that were going on. We asked to see the camera footage, but the manager explained that it would have to be turned over to the police for a theft, and then from there the police could release it to us. We walked around the store for a bit, looking at each other and trying to figure out this mystery woman. I said, what if it's a glitch? What if you have a doppelganger? Like, maybe a you from a different dimension crossed over into our world. She looked at me and freaked out and said, the shirt was eight dollars, babe. I just don't understand it. It's weird. We left and decided that we may never know who picked up the shirt that day, or how they looked similar to my fiancé and had her email information, or why they even wanted the $8 shirt in the first place. We have since let it go, but I can't help but wonder who picked up the shirt that day, and why. I love your glitch stories. I actually fall asleep to them most nights, and have been having strange dreams as a result. I love it. Anyhow, I had a glitch happen to me when I was around 8 years old. I remember laying in bed and not being able to sleep, since it was the end of summer vacation, and I now had to go to bed and wake up early for school. I'm sure that the night before the first day of school was a bummer for most kids. I tried everything from counting backwards to thinking of clouds, but nothing worked. My mind wandered, and I remembered something my dad told me about how film strips work. I'm at an age where, when I was young, we would rent a film strip projector from the library and play cartoons on the wall for special occasions. It seems silly now, but it was magical at the time. He said that film strips are really just a series of still images that flash by so fast that they appear to have motion. Kind of like when you flip through a stack of paper with sequential drawings and they suddenly animate. It was then that I had the strange idea to start blinking my eyes and looking around. It gave a real-life, sort of, film projector-type effect. There was just a little nightlight in my room, and I could see a bit of light from the street lamp outside of my bedroom curtains, but that was all. Almost instantly, the light outside began to grow in intensity, getting brighter and brighter. It freaked me out, but I kept blinking for some reason, even though I had pink eye at the time and it was a bit sore to do so. Soon, my entire window was glowing as I waited for the street lamp bulb to explode or something. Now my whole room was lit up, and the only thing that stopped my blinking was a knock on my bedroom door. It was my mom telling me to get up and get ready for school. I was so confused. As I walked out of my room and saw the time on our kitchen's old-school analog clock, the arms pointed to it being 8am. But I was just blinking for like 30 seconds. How did it go from 9pm to 8am literally in a few blinks of an eye? My dad thinks that I just fell asleep blinking, but 
that would mean that I would have no memories of dreaming, and then I'd have to have been blinking still as I woke up. Sure, that's possible, but seems unlikely. Especially since having pink eye meant that a full night's sleep would have fused my eyelids together. Remember that wonderful feeling? Yikes. Anyhow, if anyone has any theories on what happened, I would love to hear it. Otherwise, I'm just going with the glitch in the Matrix theory. My glitch story started around early May of 2023. I had two pairs of glasses, both of a strong prescription. I have two others, one was prescription sunglasses and the other prescription safety glasses, and I'll bring those up later. Of the main two, one was older than the other, and I was wearing my newer pair at the time. I went to bed late one night and I thought that I put them on my nightstand. When I got up in the afternoon, yes, I worked night shifts, the newer pair was not there. I searched my room to no avail. I could not find them anywhere in my house. I wondered where my dumb butt put them, but no matter, I still had the older pair. So, I wore them for a while. Now, please understand that my prescription is very strong. I wear them almost all the time. The only time that I take them off is when I watch things on my tablet or my smartphone. Now, early July, I was sitting on my front deck watching YouTube and having a glass of wine. Only one in case anybody gets any ideas. My older glasses were by my chair. When I went inside my house, I brought my glasses with me. I put them on my kitchen countertop, I used the washroom, but when I came back, the glasses were gone. What the hell? I searched and searched everywhere for them, including between the wooden boards on my front deck, but the gaps are not wide enough for them to have fallen through. By this point, I'm flabbergasted. How in the hell did I manage to misplace two pairs of glasses? I only had my prescription sunglasses and prescription safety glasses. I'm a healthcare worker, so the safety glasses were handy during the pandemic. Needless to say, wearing sunglasses during the night shift was not ideal. I had to take them off while using the computer, otherwise I could not read the computer. My safety glasses were no longer necessary as the pandemic ended, plus they made me sweat. I ended up having to buy another pair. Because of my prescription, they were not cheap. And yes, I have insurance, but once you max out the coverage, they won't pay for another pair until two years are up. It is now mid-October, and I still have not found those two pairs. Losing the older pair is especially disconcerting. Maybe I'm early dementia, I am in my 50s, or I just have some timer's disease. Haha, <laughs> healthcare humor. Either way, those glasses have now gone in the same black hole in my house where my nail clippers go. But at least I got those back. So, 
Me and my mother were watching this BBC Cycling Olympic live event program on the TV in the late evening. We were laughing and joking about how silly some of the things looked, and making our usual jokes of making up absurd situations. Like Boris going past on his Boris bicycle saying, Hello, Chapos, before crashing. We watched and joked about the sporting event until the end, where we watched to see if Britain would win, and when we saw the final results, and as it was late at night, we turned off the TV to head to bed. The next morning, we saw the same event again on TV. Now, I said something like, Oh, I guess they're doing a non-live replay from last night for all the people who missed it. And we didn't think much of it. But then the presenter started doing a live interview. And I must stress, it was live, and marked as such on the TV screen. Okay, so we said to ourselves, maybe it's just ongoing from last night. Obviously, there are a lot of events to get through, and we were about to turn it off when we saw the cycling. Weird. Maybe it was something like the semifinals. Didn't they have that last night? As we both watched, we saw the exact same events including all of the near misses, and all of the points that we had made fun of and drew attention to with our jokes, pan out in real time. My mother was shocked. Didn't we just watch this last night? To which I bluntly replied, yes, yes we did. She looked at me and I looked at her, and there was this realization that we had both already seen this entire live event beforehand. And when we checked the TV planner, this was the only one. This was live. Happening now. Somehow we had both seen a preview copy of the live events on TV before it had happened. In true absurdist fashion, she replied, if only we had placed a bet. To which I retorted, there was no way that we could have known this was going to happen in the future to have placed a bet. I'm really not sure what happened, but these are the only theories I have. One, we saw the true live event the night prior, and the TV company are just lying about the next morning events being live, i.e. fake live, but then where did all the prior events data go? Two, we somehow both had a precognitive vision of the future, but it's unclear how it would be shared or why it would need a TV. Three, we somehow both changed timelines to one where the cycling event was somehow delayed by a day. But then, how did the cyclist make all the exact same movements we saw before if they were in a delayed timeline? Or four, the system, or the farm as I like to call it, bugged out and accidentally showed us an early preview that we weren't meant to see, as it was loading up for the next day's events. Whatever it was, we both saw it happen. My boyfriend and I went on a hike yesterday at St. Edwards Park in Austin, Texas. We were there for about three hours. We climbed to the top of the hill, and then walked back down to the very bottom of the valley 
went back up to the main path and then back down to the parking lot. We got lost a couple of times exploring the different paths, but eventually found our way back to the main path. Pretty steep trail at a lot of points. We went into the bird sanctuary, where we saw no life. No bugs, no birds, nothing. We even sat in the dirt for a good half hour. I was worried about ants at first, but we literally saw and heard no life. On our way down, after we found our way back to the main path, we saw a couple of people walking alone. One ahead of us, going back to the parking lot, one was going up the hill away from the parking lot. It was already almost sundown at this point. It was about 6.30pm. The one guy going up the hill, we said hi to. So, I remember what he looks like. He was an Asian guy, maybe in his early to mid-twenties, wearing a grey t-shirt, thick rimmed glasses, a black backpack, and gym shorts. Nothing to it. He's maybe ten minutes from the parking lot. Remember that he's going uphill and we're going down. We briefly stopped at the creek and sat for maybe three minutes, and we noticed that once again there is no life. No fish swimming, no frogs, nothing. We felt eerie about this, but summed it up to, the city is destroying nature. We got to maybe 30 seconds from the parking lot, when we saw the same guy coming from the parking lot. I stopped, turned around, and said, Wait, no, what? Did we go the wrong way? The tree line covers the parking lot even when you're basically standing at it. I'd been to this park multiple times, and I knew the parking lot was right there. My boyfriend said, No, we're here. We got into the car and looked at each other dumbfounded, and said, That was the guy, right? There is no possible way that he could have made it back to the parking lot before us, especially without us seeing him. Even if he was running, we're both fast walkers, he would have had to have gone by us, and the guy hadn't broken a sweat. It was about 86 Fahrenheit, that's 30 Celsius, on top of being humid, as Austin always is. On our way home, a song came on and I said, oh god, okay, and changed the song. The next song to come on was called, Okay. At this point, I'm broken, almost scared. I was freaking out about all of this for hours afterwards. I'm questioning everything. Nothing is real. What the actual hell is going on? This happened about two years ago and I still have no explanation. How did these parenting books end up in my car? Logical explanations welcome, but I doubt that we'll find any. Context. I was on my third date with my now boyfriend. We were meeting at the beach so that I could teach him to surf. He didn't have a car at the time, and I knew that I would be driving him home after we surfed. 
my car is usually a pigsty. So, I diligently cleaned it before our date, because it was too soon for him to see my true messy form. <laughs> my car was spotless, and the only thing in it was two surfboards, my wetsuit, and some surf wax. I parked a few blocks away, in a neighborhood area near the beach, and I unloaded my car and carried the boards to meet him at the beach. At this point, my car is completely empty, except for the surf wax. We surf for a few hours, and we both walk back to my car. Now, the glitch. I open my trunk to load the boards into my car, and I see three parenting books sitting in my trunk. I immediately screamed, These aren't mine because I guess my first instinct was that it would be so weird to have baby books with me on a third date. I took a closer look, and I had literally never seen any of these books before in my life. The weirdest, glitchiest part is that I parked directly next to one of those free mini-book libraries, so it's almost like someone dropped off their books, and they glitched into my car instead of staying in the library further proof of said glitch. My first thought was maybe I had left my car unlocked, and someone for some weird reason tossed their books into my car instead of the library. But I actually have proof that my car was locked. When I surf, I have to remove my mechanical, physical, key from my key fob, and tie the mechanical key into a pocket on my wetsuit. Then, I lock my car with a key fob while the door is open, toss the key fob into the car, and close the door. When I come back, I unlock my car with the mechanical key, and my car alarm always goes off until I can press the unlock button on my key fob. It's literally a horrible system, and every time I surf with someone new, they make comments about how bad my system is and my boyfriend made a joke about the alarm going off, aka my door was definitely locked. Also, note that I don't have kids, and neither do any of my close friends, so no one that I drive regularly has any need for parenting books. I asked pretty much everyone I knew if they put the books in my car to mess with me, but everyone said no, and that wouldn't make sense anyways. I cleaned my car right before my date, saw that my car was empty when I left it, and then saw the books when I got back. I should have kept the books to investigate them more, or in case there was some weird reason I was supposed to have them, but I threw them into the book library before I could think too hard about what had happened. So, any logical explanations for this? So, I'm looking for answers, because I have no idea what happened. For context purposes only, I work four tens, four days a week, ten hours a day. I have about a 30 minute drive to my job in the mornings, so I leave around 4.30am to make it there at the punctual time, so that I can relax in my car before clocking in at 550 
I was driving on Route 43, as I've done for the past year, and I went through the toll, as I have done for the past year of my life. After the toll, the very next exit is my exit. I take it to go to work, my parents' house, basically any time I need to get to Washington County, PA from the county that I reside in. So, it's safe to say that I have driven this route and taken this exit hundreds of times. Well, last Thursday, I go through the toll, but there was a very thick overcast of fog. I'm talking thick. But at this point, I know this route from memory, and even though I can't see the road signs, I know that my exit is the only exit for about four miles after the toll. So, I take the exit. But, instead of coming to the intersection of what I thought was the road that I needed to be on, it was this weird little podunk town. No cars in sight, and no cars on the road. I immediately turned around in a random driveway, and made my way back to where I turned from and got back on the Route 43 from the highway entrance. I kept driving, and the very next exit was the exit after my exit came up. I have no idea how or why I ended up in that town, and it has been bugging me incessantly. I know that I did not make a wrong turn, because, like I've said, I've been riding that route for a year straight. I knew it was an exit because of the line on the road. There's no exits before the one that I need to take so it's impossible to have turned too soon. And the next exit is about three to four miles up the road. I would have realized if it was different. I have OCD, and I am on the spectrum, and I time everything, especially when driving. I know how long it takes me to get from home to the toll booth, toll booth to exit, exits to the next highway, and so on. So, with all of that being said, I don't know what happened. Has anyone ever had a similar experience? The OP then added an update. It's easier to update this instead of replying to every comment. To the people saying that I was half asleep and took the wrong exit, I go to sleep at 7pm and wake up at 3am. I am well rested and fully awake before I leave my house in the morning and taking the wrong exit would be a possibility if I hadn't already taken every single exit from my house to my job since then to see if that was the case. And as the post states, when I got back onto the highway, the exit that is directly after mine was the very next exit. Geographically, there is no way that I could have taken a different exit. I've looked into every logical possibility, Trust me, and I still have no answers. Hi, Raven. I only found out about you around a month ago, and I've been binging all of your videos. They're great to listen to while playing video games, so I've been told. This is my first glitch, and it wasn't nearly as scary as I thought it would be. More curious than anything. I live in a little condo with my mom and my cat, Roxy. 
every day. Someone has to take out the garbage by going to a big dumpster that sits in one of the parking lots. It was my mom's turn, so it was just me and Roxy in the house. I'm being thorough with the description of the upstairs because I want to emphasize how truly tiny the hallway is and how there's nowhere else to go or hide. I helped my mom gather the garbage bags and then went upstairs. Standing at the end where you come up, left side is the bathroom, right side is a closet. Then my mom's room and my room is at the other end. It is a very small hallway. Like walking from my room to the stairs is only about six steps. And if I stand in a certain way, I can have one foot in my room and the other in my mom's. My cat was downstairs. I know that she was because she was eating her treats when I went up. My mom always has to give her treats when she leaves or she'll cry. I was standing right by my open door at my dresser putting away and organizing my jewelry when I hear Roxy start crying, indicating that she was done with her treats and she realized mom was gone. I turn to go to the stairs and I try calling her up when I feel something on my leg. I turn to see Roxy smacking me trying to get my attention. I know that she was downstairs because I saw her there. We only have one staircase. You literally cannot get upstairs any other way and the door was wide open. She did not come up those stairs. Just a point of note, I don't usually do this, but I would like to mention that cats operate outside of the Matrix. This is an established uh, fact at this point in time, just so everyone's aware. Hi, Raven. I'm a big fan of your channel. I've been listening to your channel every night during work, and I never thought I would submit my own story, until I recently started listening to this old band again, for the first time since I've had this discussion with this friend years ago, that had re-sparked this old memory. I tried to submit it to the Glitch in the Matrix subreddit, but it got rejected because they thought I was telling a childhood story, but I'm convinced that this is a glitch, or sign, of some kind. I have no idea why this memory was lost for a while, but it just recently came back to me when I was listening to this band again, when I had completely forgot about this song's existence. When I was around seven or eight years old, I wrote a riff on a keyboard that I had heard in my dreams. I was recently talking to a friend of mine who has the same taste of music as me, and we were talking about bands that we grew up with primarily being emo and screamo-type music. But we got to talking and he said, Oh, well, one of my favorite songs of all time is Blessed with a Curse by Bring Me the Horizon. I replied with, Oh, I haven't heard it. Do you have it on your phone by chance so I can listen to it? When he played the song, the first riff, I kid you not, was the riff to the Bring Me the Horizon song, and I didn't really grow up with emo music like he had. I grew up mainly in 90s dance and house, like Daft Punk. I didn't get into emo music until my teen years. Anyway, when he played that song, I just sat there in disbelief. I always heard that song in my dreams, but I heard a piano melody version of it. 
I would literally hear this song multiple times throughout my childhood, and it always gave me chills, but had a really familiar sense of nostalgia for some reason, but I never knew why. What's the meaning behind this? Is this a sign of some kind? Normally, when I see stories like this, I kind of shrug them off, but after it happened to me, I'm convinced that something is wrong here. If you do get the chance to read this, thank you for sharing our stories, and thank you for submitting it to me. Firstly, I am not a skillful writer, but I will try to relate this the best that I can. I will start by saying that I have childhood memories going back to when my younger sister was born. My sister and I are born 21 months and a bit of change apart. I can remember her coming home from the hospital, making my early memories starting from before the age of two. Anyways... I have a memory of a memory of being a baby, except through the eyes of an older man. I remember the frustration of realizing that I was unable to control the movement of my arms. My arms had no strength and would not go the way that I wanted them to go. I knew what I wanted them to do, but had a disconnect, like using a rigged claw machine in an arcade. I recall my frustration at being a baby with an adult reasoning as a child. I'm not sure how old. About six or seven years? Maybe if I had recalled this as an adult, I could have taken more information out of it, or asked myself more questions or dwelled a little longer. The frustration was real. I was an adult male, neither a bad nor good man. Probably between 20 to 30 years old, probably closer to 20. I have no concept of race or nationality of that person. I, however, suspect that I was from an English-speaking nation. I do not know how that person's reasoning ended up in the body that eventually became mine. All I know is that eventually that spark, or reasoning, stopped. Maybe out of sheer frustration, boredom, or the horror of being trapped in a tiny, helpless body. I don't even know if that person became me later on, or my body developed its own personality. I would like to think that, because of my birth year, 1970, the Vietnam War was still in full swing, and maybe I lost my life there and somehow ended up back as a baby 4,963 kilometers away. If anyone lost someone, I'm still here, and waiting to meet you again. I have other odd happenings that I can write, if anyone is interested. I'm interested. So I'm not 100% certain where this would fit glitch-wise but it still freaks me out a bit. Some background for this. My fiancé works a first job, and I work a third shift job. And this happened a couple of months ago, just to give a timeline. Our routine is normally I go to sleep when I get home, 
and when he gets to work, he wakes me up so that we can spend some time together before I have to go to work. Now, he tells me that he doesn't even remember this happening at all, even though I remember asking him a week after it happened, and he told me something different happened. Also, I love listening to you on YouTube while I'm at work. Keep up the awesome work. Thank you. But to the story. So, I was asleep when my fiancé came home and tried to wake me up. I distinctly remember him tickling or poking my side. I'm incredibly ticklish, and I was asleep and didn't originally know who was touching me because I was just woken up. Now, I also distinctly remember that, as I woke up, because it didn't instantly register in my brain that it was my fiancé, I had swung my arm out to hit the person that had just tickled me, barely missing him, and smacking my hand off the doorway. I had swung hard enough that I managed to cut my hand slightly. Now, he didn't take offense and just shrugged it off. Not two hours later, after waking up and doing my routine, I had apologized to him for swinging at him. He said that it was fine and that he didn't care. Now, this is the crazy part. Two weeks later, I had brought it back up to him and he looked at me like I was nuts. He then proceeded to tell me that what had happened was that he had only poked my side, and I just rolled over opened my eyes and gave him an angry look. Now, I had the mark on my hand still from how hard I swung at him. I showed him the mark on my hand, and he responded saying that he didn't see anything on my hand. I then shrugged it off because the mark wasn't as bad or noticeable as it was when it happened. I then brought the story up a week ago, and my fiancé now claims that he has never woken me up that way before. I have no idea what is going on, but it's weirded me out, and it makes me feel uncomfortable. Any ideas? Normal evening at my house. Nothing unusual about the day leading to this. I was getting ready to take an early evening shower. My bathroom is pretty small, with no hidden places or cubbies that anything can fall into or whatever. Okay, so that is the stage set. I grabbed a plain grey towel that I had hanging on a clothing rack in my bedroom. And my wife teased me a little bit about using the same towel I had used the night before. I just look at her like, whatever, and continue on. I walk into the bathroom, hang the towel on the towel rod directly across from the tub, turn around to turn on the shower and get the temps set right. My wife says again that I'm using the same towel and that it seems weird to her, so in my head, I'm going to take the towel back in for her to sniff to see that the towel is not gross. I turn back from the tub to see a completely empty towel rod. No towel, grey or otherwise. No towel on the floor beneath the towel rod. I stood and just stared at the empty space for a few moments, and then I call in my wife to verify that there is no longer a towel. She stares in silence, 
then walks back into the bedroom where the clothing rack that I had first grabbed said plain gray towel from is still, in fact, empty. My wife and I both started feeling very strange and almost nervous, like a very mild panic feeling. My wife then proceeded to turn our entire apartment, not a very big space honestly, upside down. Nowhere in our entire space is there any evidence of a plain grey towel. We do have another partially grey towel, but it has large black and white stripes across it, so there's no chance that I just confused a striped towel for a plain grey towel. I would have had to have been confusing it for at least a year. This grey towel was already starting to fray at the seams. It was worn in and comfy. I liked that towel. I tried to add a picture of our bathroom, and maybe I'm doing something wrong, but I can't add it to the post for some reason. It was just to show how tight the space is, to see that there really was nowhere for the towel to fall into or behind, or anything. But yeah, the vanishing towel breaks my brain. My wife and I decided just to write it off as a glitch, except the fact that we are in a simulation and move on with life. This happened about 15 years ago at the, I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher this word, Staatsbibliothek, meaning state library, at Potsdamer Platz in Berlin. In the entrance area, are rows of coin lockers for the guests, mostly students to use. You're not allowed to bring bags or jackets into the library, so everything goes into the lockers. So I pick a locker at the end of a row, and I lock up my stuff. You have to put a coin in as a deposit. I guess because of safety reasons, the keys don't have a number on them, in case they get lost or stolen so you have to remember your locker number. I was a student at the, again, I apologize, Free Universitat back then, and wrote most of my papers at said library. Anyway, so I get back after a long day, still thinking about my work. I open my locker, and there's different stuff in it, like girls' clothes, etc., I was dumbfounded, like what the hell. Before I even thought much about it, I put the coin back in, locked it, and then opened it again. Obviously the same unexpected content. Then I checked the number of the locker and it dawned on me. My locker was probably down one more row. So I locked the locker again, checked the last locker in the next row, and lo and behold, my stuff. So I was like, wait a minute, why does my key open another locker? That's disturbing. I go back to the first locker, and my key would not work anymore. I tried several times. I wriggled and nudged, but it would not open. Then, by chance, or rather because of the library closing soon, the girl that used this locker showed up. Long story short, I explained the situation, 
but she didn't really believe me. Until I described the contents of her locker. So I asked to see her key. It was shaped completely different. After she left, I even put a coin in, locked it, and tried to unlock it with my key. To no avail. Anyway, it was really disturbing. It felt like I could easily unlock it, even multiple times. While I believed it was my locker, and then after the realization of the mistake, the magic was gone. Or was it really a glitch in the Matrix? Both my friend and I moved away from our home country in August, and both of us moved to different countries for uni. I'm in Amsterdam and she's in Prague. Since then, we both seem to be having the same random, really odd, specific things happening to us on the same day. Not anything scary, just oddly specific. Here are a few. Just today, I went to use my washing machine as usual, but I didn't have a lot of time. So, I decided to quickly Google the washing machine manual online, because I didn't know how long each program takes. Quite literally a few minutes later, my friend sends me a message. Do you know where I can find out how long each program on this washing machine takes? Because it doesn't show the time on mine. Just very oddly specific. Another one is that I bought a coffee a few days ago, and when the cashier gave me my change, I noticed that one of the 50 cent coins looked strange, and then realized it's a new Croatian 50 cent coin. Again, a few minutes later, my friend sends me a picture of a Croatian 50 cent coin saying, Haha, look what I just found in my pants pocket. Last week we were calling each other, and she told me that she was in the tram and got up to let an old lady sit down because it was full, and then suddenly the tram pulled off and she fell over. The same thing had happened to me that morning. I fell over in the tram after letting an old lady sit down. I could go on and on, but this has been happening for weeks, and it's four to five times a week, and it's always really super specific. It's getting kind of creepy. So, my partner and I took a trip to Banff. One day, we went up to Sulphur Mountain. We got up by the gondola, and when we got there, I had immediately noticed a group, and one of them stood out because they were wearing off-white clothes. I'm into fashion, so it caught my attention. I liked their outfit. I pointed it out to my partner, and then we started our walk to the Cosmic Ray Station from the gondola. It's a one-way there and back, so there's only one boardwalk to go both directions. Once we got up to the Cosmic Ray Station, my partner and I took some photos, took in the views, and started our walk back. Just as we were coming down the steps from the Cosmic Ray Station, we noticed the group of people that we had seen at the beginning coming up. We walked past each other in opposite directions. 
They went up to the cosmic ray station and we went back down to start our walk back. We walked directly back this time and did not stop for photos. When we got back to the start, to where the gondola is, guess who we see? The group of people that we just saw at the cosmic ray station standing at the beginning of the boardwalk, taking pictures, and then getting back in line for the gondola. They even ended up on the gondola in front of us going down. It's not a long walk if you don't stop. Maybe 20 minutes, so... If they for some reason had ended up leaving the cosmic ray station as soon as they arrived, they would have passed and we would have 100% noticed. My partner and I just looked at each other, both so confused. We weren't able to understand how they could have gotten in front of us. Maybe the mountain air is messing with us, or something glitchy happened on the mountain that day. So, like a year ago, my mom, brother, and I were all packing to go to my cousin's house to stay for Thanksgiving. I packed my phone and a charger into my bag. When we got there, I took it out and charged it, then we had dinner and stayed for a while. I honestly don't remember if I put my phone back in my bag or not, but I know that my mom took the charger back with us. But, anyways... It was time to go, and we drove back to my mom's house. My parents are divorced, so I lived with her at the time. But when I got home, my phone wasn't in my bag. I looked everywhere in my bag, and then I looked in my mom's car, everywhere that I possibly could. It was nowhere, so I assumed that I left it at their house, and I think I had forgotten to bring it back. I guess. But my cousins couldn't find it anywhere in their house either. So I just went without a phone for like four months until I got a new one. I started living with my dad again in May, and last month I was in the spare room with a bunch of boxes and movies, and I found my phone sitting on a chair in there. I asked my dad where it came from, and he said that he had found the phone around a month ago in that room, so he just left it there. I had a new phone by then, plus my old one was cracked and barely working, and so that's why he didn't tell me. So, basically, I lost it at my cousin's, and it reappeared at my dad's house. I hadn't even gone to his house until six months after I had lost my phone. None of us had even gone to his house until way after the phone was lost, and my dad did not come with us to my cousin's house. So that was this week's collection of Glitch in the Matrix stories on the As the Raven Dreams podcast. I hope you enjoyed this collection of glitchy goodness. If you did and would like to listen to more of this, you can always check out the other episodes of the podcast or support the channel further by actually going to my YouTube channel and checking out my videos. Just go to YouTube and search as The Raven Dreams. You can also go to asthereavendreams.com for lots of other good stuff. 
ways to get early access, read stories that I've written, submit your own story, and things like that. All that said, friends, thank you very much for listening. I do hope to see you in two weeks on the next Glitch in the Matrix episode. But until then, sleep well.